another solid gold podcast it's another beautiful week with two blondes who are going to hopefully make it just that little bit more tasty for you jenny baxter sitting there looking pretty saying it uh are you blowing hot and cold what do you mean by it's hot but it's cold it's either one (laughs) or the other unless you're sitting in an air-conditioned fridge I wish. So, so you go outside. I just came in and I had a t-shirt on and suddenly I was cold. So I told my daughter to only put a t-shirt on. She went out and then she had to come back to get a jumper. So it's like there'll be, you'll be so hot in the sun and then you walk into the shade and it's cold. So just oh, whinging, well, just whinging. Well, just whinging. Well, winter has definitely hit um, Johannesburg. I uh, believe that the snow is expected down in the kind of like Overberg region and down in the kind of western and eastern Cape snow is coming. And those Cape Tonians just don't close their fridges. So we end up with all the cold up here. I think it's time maybe to go and move to the, the low felt, you know, <laughs> where it's warm all the time. Um, but what stories do we see? have? Mm, what what stories? What do we, what did I see? I didn't see anything. I I didn't. I saw nothing. <laughs> you saw nothing. So so there was this wonderful post that went viral this week that we shared, and so many people related to it because it seems that a lot of people from Gauteng are moving either up to Hoodspray or down to the Boerland. And um, mm. somebody remember we already had the Hoodspray thing on Twenty One Rules you know, to follow if you're moving to Hoodspray, um, which Tom Cruise knew how to do, which was, you know, wave and be friendly. And the mm. Boerland has a similar thing um, where somebody's written something just saying, hey, when you get here, just slow down. Uh, understand sure. that people do talk to each other in the queue. And, you know, so you might wait a little longer at the shop for service, but everybody's friendly and, you know, and just a lot of people really related um but i find it really weird because for me i always thought the johannesburg people were super friendly well they they kind of are the problem is that they're also like super impatient and um you know they see somebody's turning right and they think oh I think I can get past that car before it turns right and goes to overtake it and then the next thing hits a pole. You know, so that's the impatience of Johannesburg. They're also absolutely appalling drivers in this country. Is, Sorry. <laughs> now, Mel, is that what's just happened outside your studio? <laughs> yes, outside the studios, yeah. But, you know, um, you know, people sometimes, maybe they weren't quite awake yet, hadn't had their early cup of java in the morning. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm not going to, I don't drink coffee. I just, I, I have a dash cam and I just drive ordentla caveat. But that's what you've got to do. Be awake. You know, you've got to be awake when you're driving, firstly. Okay, but what? let's find some lovely stories that will warm the cockles of our listeners' hearts. What do you have that will make us happy? Well, there's been a lot this week of female empowerment. And I think one of the things that I have loved so much in the last week, I've been watching Queen Charlotte on Netflix, mm-hmm. which is the prequel to Bridgerton. And um, and it's all about black female empowerment, female empowerment. Um, and I think the thing that's making all of us the most proud is that Offensa Pizza, who's from South Africa, is the um, conductor of this really special orchestra, 70 women of color from South Africa, Sweden, and France are are in this orchestra doing a cover Mm -hmm. of um, Alicia Keys, If I Ain't Got You. 
and it's in episode three. It is so special and, um, you know, Offense's story is so special, how she just persevered. When she was at school, they said, oh no, you can't be in the choir because, you know, you don't have a piano at home. But she, mm. you know, didn't let it stop her and became the youngest woman, I think, in South Africa to form her own orchestra. Well, that's fantastic. So, that, I like to hear that. Um, I must say yeah, that I've been I've, talking about like Queen Charlotte and Bridgerton and all of that. I've been watching real stuff in Sanditon, which of course is the three series um, adaptation of Jane Austen's unfinished novel. And I've absolutely oh. loved it. And, and it was kind of it's I like my history actually true to history. And I just wanted to say going on from Queen Charlotte, looking at what's happened with the Cleopatra, where it's only got 1.2 on the um, listings of um, whether you should watch this or not. It's absolutely tanked, apparently Cleopatra, the new version. Okay, so, I haven't seen yeah. that. I uh, haven't go seen and have a look. It's I been quite saw... a controversial thing. <laughs> Uh, I loved, no, honestly, Offensa, you know, um, I, I don't, uh, yeah, um, she, she, yeah, okay. this morning, yeah, no, this morning she just wrote something that, because while I was watching Queen Charlotte, what I loved about Bridgerton is that there mm. was no mention of what color anybody's skin was, and I just loved the freshness of it, that everyone was just mm. equal and just get on with it and and have this beautiful story now this one queen charlotte is is actually all about the great experiment and to how it all came about so mm. i was kind of annoyed like oh no why do we have to make this about race you know however when you listen to these women and and the struggles that they have gone through um I now totally, totally appreciate that they have done this and why they've done it. And and just this morning, um, just like an hour ago, uh, Offensa wrote on Facebook, and I've just jotted down a bit of what she said. She said, my journey has been about driving inclusivity and allowing us to be seen. I want to express how I felt on this entire ride and she goes on to say how this Netflix series these huge power women mm. stepped into the background and let offensa and other women mm. uh, you know have their chance to shine and so it's a wonderful story of just of of how women help women you know yeah uh, it's like for me, I I would rather watch like the Woman Queen. I mean, the Woman King, which of course is a South African story. I'm very into yeah. kind of like you know, my my history should be historical. <laughs> but I, I wasn't watching like this that. for history. I didn't even no, realize watching it that for the music. Yeah, well, for the entertainment no, and value. <laughs> exactly, exactly, yeah. and the love story and the yeah romance and. The costumes, well, blah, blah, blah. We're just two yeah. real kind of bleeding hearts at, at, at uh, heart, aren't we? <laughs> well, because yeah, we we're lacking we it in real life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we love it. We'll sit there and watch sad, soppy stories and have a little tear running out of our eye when the overwrought heroine doesn't get the man of her dreams. Anyway, let's get on to things. We're not going to talk about load shedding because that brings a tear to everybody. That's too eye. much like real life. Yeah. No, we don't. We, we want to live in a world of <laughs> fantasy. Okay, so we'll keep on talking about fantastical things and the beasts who yes. make other stuff happen. Uh, we won't talk hey, about those beasts, actually. But but you know one thing that I do just want to say about load shedding that I um 
I think it's really amazing how Penguin, man, Penguin Publishers, managed mm. to get Andre de Reiter's memoir into all those shops on Sunday night without anybody realizing. Um, they they sneak them in with with the title Moonlight, which is so clever, moonlighting. But um, yeah. <laughs> oh, apart from the fact <laughs> you're having to do everything by moonlight as well. <laughs> yeah, it was good, that but, but but the the real book is called Truth to Power: My Three Years Inside Escom. So it could be interesting, although I don't know. I haven't read it, so I don't know if he finally names names. I know that he did say that he felt like he inadvertently landed the job as the head of the biggest organised crime syndicate in South Africa. Oh, whoa. So, <laughs> <laughs> well done. <laughs> I, yeah. Just so no wonder aside, he's not in there. He's not a bad-looking man, actually. Oh, I know he should be in Bridgerton. Yeah, I think so too. He could. He could. Yeah. Let's let's not go there. Okay, that's enough of that. <laughs> Does right, he have so, a wife? Does he have a wife? I think so. Yeah. Oh, okay. Lucky woman. It <laughs> <laughs> oh, must be quite fraught sometimes. Anyway, let's get yeah. on to other stuff. What news do you have for expats? <laughs> Um, just a lot of South African stuff coming your way. If you live in London, Scotland or Amsterdam, Joe Black is heading over in July. Um, the tickets are £40 each though. And I think that there is this, this um, belief, this false belief in South Africa that people, you know, overseas have lots of money and really not many people would spend 40 pounds on 40 a, quid that's like 800 rand yeah yeah exactly so it's a lot so uh but but i mean people are really excited and he has massive fans but it's a mm. lot of money and then um the kiffness your favorite is <laughs> it's doing you know remember last year he did a trip to europe where his suitcase mm. got stolen off the german train um so he's coming back to Europe. He loved it, loved his tour. And he'll be mainly September in London and then various European cities like Paris, Warsaw, Madrid, etc., etc. And he said, because a lot of people said, you know, my kids love you. Um, and he said, no, it's fine. As long as the children are six years old or over, they are welcome. Because, you know, obviously Fantastic. they love that Alaga Laga captain. I'm He's just done something with a dog. That happened the other day. I've got to tell you two things. That came into my mind on Thursday because I was at one of the places I work and there was a cat doing exactly that noise outside the door because I'd seen one of the other cats that didn't like a And then I happened to be standing right next to the photocopier machine and it had a sign on it that said Bob Marley. And I'm like, why is there oh, Bob Marley that. written on I here? Love because that. it's always jamming. <laughs> So the two things happened, and I was immediately then thinking of the kiffness while that happened. So, yeah, yeah it's a good thing that oh, I was I love that. It. I saw that post. <laughs> it's always jamming. We're jamming. <laughs> okay, what news have we got from expats today? <laughs> well, um, for those who are in Rochester, New York, the state of New York, there's the PGA Championship starting on Thursday. And I think they're very excited to have four South Africans that are going to be there, including Oki Stradon, and it's his his debut, um, his major championship debut. So good luck to him. Um, the last time it was won by a South African, I think, was Gary Player in 1972. He won it twice in 62 and 72. So we've got four chances of a South African winning it this year. 
We do indeed. You know, we actually have some really great golfers, hey? I mean, from this country. Yeah. Even the youngsters. Yeah, because the, the country The youngsters makes... need to buckle down a bit. You know, you know, just talking, um, last night was the opening of the Cannes Film Festival and um, Michael Douglas was honoured. Um, he was given an honorary award by Cannes for his beautiful career. And you know, when I interviewed Michael Douglas, he said one of the things that he loved most about South Africa were the golf courses. So, well, when I worked That's with Michael Douglas, good he, he was the person who ended up getting pulled in front of me when I saw the lions coming towards me on the lions, <laughs> in the darkness. <laughs> Rather him than you. <laughs> yeah, I could run faster than him. <laughs> That's all I needed to be able to do, was to run faster than he could. Okay. <laughs> and I see that we've got something on about Trevor Noah again, of course, one of our favorite, favorite sons. Yes, he's... Um, He's just been honored with a Webby Award. So so the Daily Show itself got six awards and then Trevor got an extra one, which is for the internet's favorite personality slash host. And that's for when he was with the Daily Show. And remember, he used to do those between the scenes slots. Mm. So, um, so he won, it's really prestigious. He said he's honored. And you know, I think I've told you before, I went and watched a live recording on his birthday in 2019 and and it was amazing and obviously on that particular day we mainly spoke about his birthday but yeah and Kamala okay. Har Harris was there yeah, yeah okay and for those of people who don't know who Kamala Harris is because they also oh, vice president of America there we go <laughs> I'm testing you <laughs> no, I'm joking she okay, wasn't there so. though <laughs> All right, so we're going to go from um, those kind of people that make you laugh to things that can make you cry. Of course, Sia Khaleesi um, having to go and, and have operations and this, that, and the other. And we're all sitting there and going, what is going to happen? What are we going to do without our captain? Because of course, and it's such a big year. It's a huge year, hey? Yeah, so the, so the Rugby World Cup starts on the 8th of September, and I think the final squad will be announced exactly a month before. So hopefully Sia Khaleesi will be better by then. He has, he, he, I think yesterday was day 17 since the operation on his right knee. And, and he sounded pretty positive. Mm. So he's doing um, all the right exercises and everything to get that strength back. So go Sia. And then he's going to be living in Paris after Ooh. that. I know. Can't wait to bump into him at the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> I don't have think he'll go really there. Work that one out at the same time, Jenny. That's kind of like quite random, okay? <laughs> no, I think you'd have to make a plan. You don't just. I know you bump, go outside and bump into some like French people, but hello, as if you wouldn't. <laughs> okay, so I saw one of the stories that you put up, and of course, it's one of the people that we love speaking to is um, Nick Dreyer from Feltskun. Um, and I love my fellies, and of course, my kids, you know, being uh, gardening and bush people, they love their fellies we all love our fellies and fellies are the way to go because they're fairly fairly good <laughs> so what have they been doing now <laughs> uh you know nick and them they just never stop they are so proudly south african and so is lift airlines which started during lockdown if you remember and was one of the few airlines to stay in the air while everybody else got grounded so um so so lift has teamed up to support locals and to support Feltskun and felt you know vice versa and they've they've done a kind of a bespoke design for for the 
air the cabin attendants Cabinet, cabin attendants. You've got to get the name right. The nomenclature is cabin attendants. You can't call, it, call us um, flying mattresses anymore, okay? Oh, sorry, not us. I'm, I'm no longer a cabin attendant. Manual door opening device was also one of the things. Safety officer, but yeah, the ex-hosties. <laughs> Hosties. Yeah. <laughs> so, so they've all got, and the shoes look divine and, and must be so comfortable for them. So mm. pretty cool. Pretty cool. Definitely there. better than having to wear heels like we had to. That was very irritating. Oh, yeah, mm. true. Yeah. did make your legs look nicer. You know, when you wear heels, it's the one advantage of a heel is it gives you a, a calf muscle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll walk around on my toes rather, thank you very much, rather than wearing <laughs> stilettos. Okay, so what else have we got? Uh, the Buy a Brick campaign. I did sort of see something as I was skimming through everything. Um, are these real bricks or are they eco bricks or what's the story? It's real bricks, and it's kind of a 20 million rand project. Um, it's it's a woman whose mom died a few years ago, and on her mom, it was on her birthday, her mom died, and she just launched herself into something that she had always loved and had stopped doing, which was sewing. And then she realized, you know, there's over 40% unemployment in South Africa, and um and so she started gathering women together. So this is, you know, again, this female empowerment on Mitchell's plane. Um, she started gathering women together and teaching them to sew. And these women now have a skill to earn money. Mm. So it's really helping so many people. And now they want to go to the next step. Um, I think her, her company is called Design 26 Foundation. So the next step is is actually buying this land and having proper training facilities for women to learn to sew and then manufacturing on the premises. Uh, it's a it's a brilliant plan and um, and I hope you know you can you can support everybody around the world can support 100 rand for a brick, or you can get a monthly support supporting thing. I take my hat off. If, well, I would take it off if I was wearing one. I actually took it off before I came in here. You can take your funny. headphones off. No, don't. <laughs> took, Come back. took my headphones off to all the people out there who actually go out and help other people gain skills. I mean, and one of the stories that I saw that came up, um, which, which kind of really worried me quite a lot. Um, I don't know if you, you put something on, but I did see it coming up, I think, on yeah. uh, the Daily Maverick, was about yeah. the majority of grade four pupils, like 60% <gasps> yes. of grade four pupils don't have an, an, a reading understanding. Yeah, they, they can't read with theory. meaning. They can't read with meaning. That's it, yeah. yeah. So, you know, if we're in that situation already, and I, I, um, I, I haven't been doing my reading. I, a friend of mine goes to one of the schools in our area and goes and helps kids with reading, and I used to do it when my kids were at um, primary school as well, go and help the kids in grade four who couldn't understand. Um, what so they the were people, reading. first of yeah. all, people that do that, um, my, hat, my headphones off to them. <laughs> and for the people who then think, hang on a second, let us get out there and train people to do something else. And another one of the things I think I've spoken to you before about is the Upcycle Foundation here in yes. Johannesburg with Winnie McHenry, who also, I mean, she 
upcycles stuff. She takes stuff from corporates. She helps corporates um, lower their carbon footprint, taking stuff out of landfill, coming up with new ways of taking things and debranding them, unbranding them, using them for something else. And then she takes all of that money and puts it back into this foundation of teaching people how to do these things and how to sew, knit, crochet, whatever. Amazing. And so she runs these amazing courses for people. And I, I really, I cannot commend them enough for what they do. It's yeah. just absolutely brilliant. Yeah. And and also about reading, Athel Williams is another one. We mentioned him last week, poet extraordinaire. Hmm. He's just won an international award, uh, whistleblower who's living in England because it's not safe for him safe for back him, in yeah. Cape Town at the moment. Um, and he has Read to Rise. So there's another organization to support um, with lots of books that he's written, the Oak, Oakley books. Yeah. Yeah. Do it. Just do it. Also in Mitchell's plane, actually. <clears throat> and I, I, oh, by the way, so now onto something else because um, yeah. we were talking about um, who was out here that went up? Um, oh, Bear Grylls. Bear, Bear Grylls going or something. Up. Bear Grylls. Bear Grylls. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Go, going up, yeah, you, going up, um, <laughs> Brizzle, going up, um, Lion's Head. Yes. And then I see one of the stories because we mentioned this before about people getting stuck up mountains. Yeah, mm. and the ones are, and there's been and, another one <laughs> in Tsitsikama. 14, yeah. 14 of them. But, um, you know, huge shout out to NSRI and MTO. Mountains to Ocean, uh, mm -hmm. as well as, of course, South African Police Service and, you know, the local municipalities. So it was a huge rescue operation. These 14 hikers got stuck between two flooded rivers and they had to actually stay there overnight because it got too dark for the rescuers to reach them. Uh, but they were really good. They, they found a signal high up. One of them managed mm. to call a parent who called the NSRI. And, Why didn't they um, just make shelter and take, you know, well, roses and go well, and find their food, go foraging and stay they, there for a week and have a great they, adventure? They did. They did. They went foraging. They already had great supplies with them. They were told to keep the fire going. So even though it was wet firewood, they mm. managed to keep the fire going all night long. So NSRI said, that these 14 really arranged themselves together really, really, really well. And the helicopter came in the next day at daybreak and, and they all got rescued safely. I think a few had smoke inhalation, so some did have to have um, emergency medical I do think that that's one of the things, apart from being taught how to read, that children should be dumped out in the bush all the time. I know a lot of schools still do it, outward bound, yeah. those kind of things. I think all kids should be put out there and said, okay, fine, if you get yourself in this situation, this is how you manage to look after yourself. This is how you save yeah. yourself. Yeah. Um, you know, especially the city kids who have got absolutely no idea about anything. Um, but that's why I keep on throwing my kids into the bush. And I see that there's a whole bunch of eco wildlife, which is her um, domain at the moment, obviously, um, yeah. that she's going to she's quite excited about this news that the Big Five Reserve opening near Montague, which is. Kind Has of, she told you about it? She's she's read about it, yeah. So yeah, I mean, yeah. she's very much kind of the low felt hood sprayed, as we were talking about yes, hood sprayed. Yes. Um, that's her neck of the woods. She really loves um, the kind of proper bush, like you would find up in Kruger. But it's yeah. nice to see that there are other 
um, dynamics when it comes to obviously the Addo Elephant Park down in the Eastern Cape. There's certain different parks, the Trans Frontier, Kalahari, all of those different parks yes. that they've got. But I love the Karoo. And yeah. this one opening in the Karoo, I, I've got this very kind of good feeling for the Karoo, even though I don't yeah. like deserts much. <laughs> <laughs> I was born in a desert. Um, it's, it's, I thought it's beautiful for you because it's not only got the big five, it's near Montague, so pretty close to Cape Town, mm. um, but it also has the three really significant biomes, which is Namakaru, Succulent Karoo, and Fainbos. Fainbos, yeah. Yeah, and it's also got some, some iconic Karoo species like brown hyena art fark which everybody loves just because of its crazy name yeah. um oryx clipspringer so um they've only opened one of the lodges and it opened this month so it's um and i think it's called eco wildlife so i'm just actually find out i've just done it really and it's malaria free of course oh okay yeah because it's not in the malaria area but i must actually yeah. have a word with um a really great chef called uh Gary the good-looking one. Hmm? Sorry, He's, he lives down near, just outside um, uh, Hermanus. Yeah. Uh, he he has brought out a couple of books where he's a forager, so he's a foraging chef. Oh, okay. in Paternoster, perhaps. Um, no, he's not in Paternoster. He's on the the other coast. But okay. he's kind of down in that area. And one of the things that he's doing is like when you mentioned the the oryx, he yeah. goes and he goes and finds in the different biomes exactly what. Um, foods are available properly if you go foraging, like not the ones that have been brought in from overseas, but yeah. actual proper original foods. And he's come up, I mean, his books tell you about this and having a chat with him about the stories and the stories that are in the books and, and the people that he hung out with, the original um, and you know, people who have got all of this knowledge down from their ancestors and how they used to live. And oh, it's fun. just a, a, a wonderful way. I'm going to send you the information. You must do a chat with yeah, him. His, yeah. It looks amazing. He's amazing. I'll also send you a link to the interview that we've done with him but it's very much Beautiful. that area um, one of the things where he did he was doing these amazing foraging courses along the coastline um, oh, in the nice. South Cape you know the Overberg he does things there really yeah. stunning it's a great way to learn more about your country as well yeah yeah but food resources. So, yeah, sorry, I went off on a little bit of a, a sideways thing. <laughs> yeah, I knew you would like about, it. <laughs> yes, I do. I get, you know, that's my thing. I get very excited yeah. about stuff like that. Okay, so from there, um, have we got anything to do with um, food? Another safari story. Mm -hmm. oh, I've got another safari, safari stories, story yes. for you. Okay. A good one. Yeah. A, a guy called Mark Montgomery was um, leading a, a, a hike through the Kruger National Park. Mm -hmm. And... Um, he stopped to get some coffee for them. You know, they stopped for breakfast and he, he did one, two uh, bowls. And on the third one, he got taken by a crocodile. And thank goodness for his many, many, many years, he knew kind of what to do. Not that it's very easy to do what he had to do, but he knew. Well, firstly, he said, I just decided this croc is not taking me today, not today. Yep. And so he was pretty adamant it wasn't today. And then the other thing is he knew that he mustn't get into the death roll. So so he, he tried to poke out the croc's eyes. He tried all kinds of things. And, and but, but the croc had his hand. And um, 
I put his arm around the neck of the croc, but then the croc started the death roll. The death roll thing, yeah. Yeah, and he just kicked and kicked with his legs and managed the croc let go of his hand. Um, But he said, you know, time stood still. He still had to get to the riverbank. And, you know, his mates who were watching thought, thought it was over for him. So, um, yeah. And people used to want, and you know that they used to do this to me on Treasure Hunt deliberately, okay? They, three times <laughs> on three different shows, made me get into crocodile enclosures. Oh, no. There was one down in the south coast at the little crocodile farm there. There was one at um, uh, Sun City. And then I can't remember where the third one was. There was another one as well. And they knew that I hated crocodiles. <laughs> and they would do it deliberately. <laughs> but could they pluck you out if a croc came towards you? Oh, I was ready to fly out of there in two seconds flat. Didn't need a helicopter to get out of there. Trust me on that one. That would have been just like, <laughs> I would have been out of there. I'm, I'm sure I've told you before, but you know I've been bitten by a crocodile. I've no, told you. No, you hadn't told me that. Where, here or in, <laughs> but, in Australia? No, in South Africa. In South but Africa. I had a I had a crocodile, but it was it was a little one, and I had I had had to take it from um, Zululand. There was a crocodile place there, mm. from Zululand to Durban University. But for the for the July holidays, um, it it lived with me, and so it was little, and it was in the bath mm. and whatever. But it did they're bite very cute me, and I did small. bleed. But they yeah, can bite yeah. you. But then. <laughs> Cats can bite you too. So there we go. All right. So we've already <laughs> mentioned a thing True. about um, Queen Charlotte. What else have we got in the way of entertainment, of course, apart from us? Uh, <laughs> um, there's Rosemary's Hit List. So we've got the trailer on SA People. Mm-hmm. It's coming out in mid-June on Showmax. And it's about that cop, lady cop, who became a serial killer. And um, in about 2015, she got discovered. I think the the father of her child, who was sort of her boyfriend, um, he was found dead. And she had so many policies. He had so many policies, but they were all in her name, 400,000. And then, and then once they started investigating, they discovered she had also killed a sister, two nephews, a niece. Um, I mean, it was, she had tried to kill her mother. It was just in, insane. And like this is real. It sounds like that spot in Krugersdorf, man. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I think it's the same, um, uh, it's the same producers. Oh, uh, Devil Dorp. Devil Dorp. Yeah. Yeah. So the same producers, so it's really going to be hard-hitting. I mean, and it's real. Just just this, you know, she's in jail now, but just this year in February, she's been recharged with some other potential murders that she was involved in. So, um, mm. which then brings us on to, as the judge said, when the judge sentenced her, um, he said, you know, you remind me of Daisy DeMalka, who 89 years previously had also off to all her husbands. <laughs> yes, husbands and even her son. Yeah. You know? Well, we, for we money. Talking because there's a new book out about Daisy DeMelka. Exactly. And and 
And we've got an excerpt of it coming up on SA People this week. So and you can get a taster of the book. Ted. <laughs> and then we will send you the link for the interview I did with Ted about his other books because he's done yes. some other books as well. So that's yes. that's exciting coming up that's in the not too distant future. And and we're talking about Ted Werther, who yes. also writes for SA People and is an author extraordinaire. Yes. In America um, and in South Africa. And all over, yeah. I mean he's got an American yeah. accent and but he's Werther. <laughs> I love that. Has he? Do you think it's an American yeah, accent? Yeah, for me it's kind of got it's got the American twang. He yeah. lived there for so many years. I That's suppose. why he's got it probably. Like yeah. like Cholis. Cholis Tron, I'm talking he's, about he's, of course. He's yeah, yeah, for Stan. There's forty four <laughs> of them. Um Um Ted Ted has just had to learn Afrikaans pretty quickly because in in um publicizing his Daisy Jamalka book, which I think doing. is called yeah, he's doing a lot in Afrikaans. Mm. Yeah, no, Afrikaans yeah. is actually a very nice language and very easy to, to learn. Okay, so that's one of the things we've got coming up in the next week or so with um, yes. SA people to look out for. What else have you got that's making the news? Really exciting. Sarafina. If you remember, it was a huge hit 30 years ago. It was in the can official selection. It was... Um, there was a standing ovation for 20 minutes. Mm. Um, Rupi Goldberg, Laleti Kumalo, mm. and you know, uh, Daryl Root was the director, and Anand Singh was the producer, who yeah. is a legend. And Cassie and I are at the Cannes Film Festival this week, and we will be interviewing Anand and Laleti. So <sighs> we'll have that. Please oh, because tell I don't. Tell her nice I say hi. <laughs> I will. But I forgot the big news is that Sarafina has been reinvited back to the Cannes Film Festival, this time again officially, which is in it's the first South African film ever to be invited back twice. That's um, amazing. And and it's in the um Cannes Classics in that section. Brilliant. So because it's a classic. So yep, we're very proud. And, and yeah. yeah, I remember uh, I think we both interviewed Whoopi Goldberg when she was out here. When she was yes, I interviewed her in yeah. London and you interviewed her in South Africa. In South Africa, yeah, yeah. Well, I told you we what have she it. said. Do you know what she said to me, talking about what? women's power? She said that she was expecting the racism in South Africa because, you know, people had told her about that. Yeah. But she was, and this was in the 90s, um, she said she was shocked by the sexism that, that she witnessed. Which, which yeah. until at the, uh, I think South Africa's changed since the 90s. But I remember at the time it was quite a culture shock to move from South Africa abroad where women were treated more equally than mm. in South Africa. Well, let's time. just hope that it actually gets here eventually. <laughs> we're hoping. Yeah. We're hoping against <laughs> hope. Anyway, Jen, thanks very much um, for keeping us updated with everything that's good that's happening in South Africa and from South Africans abroad. And of course, we will yeah. be back next week with some wonderful news. And, and Maybe with Ted. With Ted next week. Should we with do Ted, Ted next yeah, week? We'll see if Ted's available and we'll, okay. we'll get all of that happening. So you, of course, as listeners, are more than welcome to send us your information about stuff that you found, stories that you find intriguing or inspiring. And Jenny would love to hear from you as well. We'll catch up with you again next week, Jen. Take care. Thanks, Mel. Bye. You've been listening to another Solid Gold podcast. <laughs>